Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? It's going fine. I've got an idea, Amy. All right. Greenland Baptist Theological Seminary. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I saw something about this last night. I mean, if it happens, we, we've got to, right? I mean, we, we don't yeah, have I a seminary so. there. I guess so. So maybe maybe the Whitfields should go up to Greenland. <laughs> Keith Whitfield, president. Amy Whitfield, president. Greenland mm. Baptist Theological Seminary. No, probably not. Yeah, you don't have a, D, a PhD. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay, so no. Keith Whitfield, But, it, but it looks beautiful. Looks like it's a beautiful place up there. I, I bet it is. In certain parts, at certain times of the year. Right. <laughs> kind of like winter Canada. May, winter may not be beautiful up there. But I, I continue to say that we should go live in certain parts of Canada because I think they're beautiful. And Keith continues to remind me that I've only been there during the summer. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, I, I, but you're going this, this winter for your anniversary, though, right? That, that's the plan. So we're, we're working on getting things uh, booked to, to take a weekend. It will be our 20th anniversary. So got to awesome. do something fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I tweeted about this Greenland thing. I'm all for it. I just think it, I you know, manifest destiny, baby. Wow. That's a, <laughs> yeah. That's a great reference really. for a Tennessee. Yeah. It's a great reference for a Tennessean because I, that's. Really? Ja yeah. James K. Polk from Tennessee. Oh, okay. Manifest I didn't know destiny that was, was his. Yeah. I just remember it from Sunday or not Sunday school, but social studies. The other classes, not, not Sunday school. So That's right. That's didn't right. didn't cover that in Sunday school. Right. But I guess you could say, you know, like the book of Joshua, that's manifest destiny. Right. Well, yes, I think Maybe, so. Maybe, sort of, kind of. Something so. like that. Uh, yeah. But All right. I think it's interesting. That, no, never mind. We're, we're, we're getting off on a really bad rabbit trail. It's going to be boring. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, enough of that. Let's jump into this. Uh, a light news week, Amy. But things will be picking up soon, I'm sure. Seminary is almost back in full swing. I know that uh, I saw some stuff from Midwestern. They're having their big welcome week this week. Southwestern had a bunch of faculty stuff. I know you had a bunch of faculty stuff. Southern things are getting kicked up over there. And if you're not casual about your faith, your Christian college shouldn't be either as the undergraduate school of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Boyce College exists to prepare men and women for gospel service in areas like biblical studies, business, teaching, ministry, and more. You can study on campus in Louisville or online and find out more at boycecollege.com. I wonder if Southern Seminary will be trying to trademark the article the, like Ohio State is. Did you see that this week? I did see that, and uh, I, I'm still trying to follow. It's been a busy week with uh, things getting ready for the semester here that I've been trying to follow that whole story. I noticed yeah. you tweeted something about it. Well, I tweeted something about Michigan trolling them, which was awesome. Right, right. Of. Yeah. So it was funny. Anyway, all right, on to the news. Uh, Amy, this week we start with a welcome reprieve from tariffs on Bibles. A lot of Bibles are printed in China because printing costs and everything is cheaper in China, and you're printing a lot of stuff for Bibles. So Bibles are printed in China, usually shipped in. They've been subject to taxes and tariffs. Uh, what they were calling a Bible tax, but they've been exempted from that now from the Trump administration. Yeah, so I saw some conversation about that earlier this week, and the, the story was developing, but certainly is something that gives a spark of hope, particularly because, you know, Trevin Wax is 
quoted in the story that right now only a small number of companies print Bibles affordably and with the design elements and features that are used. And two of those companies are in China. So this is this has a huge impact, not just on Lifeway, but on the consumer, on the the people who have to, on the people who are purchasing the Bibles. So certainly something we want to keep an eye on. But at least, you know, it looks good this week. Yes, for now, things look good in, in that. And and like you said, the, the Bible printing is very specialized because of the the type of printing, because of the typesetting that's required, and because of the, the paper thickness. I mean, think of your right. Bible paper versus a novel that, right. you, that you have. It, there's a lot of difference in the paper, so you need specialized printing presses and things like that for that type of printing. And uh, Bible printing is, is just a different kind of animal and uh, something that's done differently and done in, like Trevin said, in a couple of printing places in China and makes it yeah. uh, not just, you know, good quality work, but something that is affordable for consumers. Because if, if you printed, I mean, I'm just trying to think of what it would cost to print a Bible in the States on regular paper, how big that Bible would be and how expensive it would be. Right. That's what you have to think about, that if you printed it on regular paper, uh, it would be huge. You'd have to have several volumes because the thickness of the paper makes a big difference with the number of pages that are in a Bible. So this this has a huge impact. But it was clear in the story, Ben Mandrell, president of Lifeway, says that Lifeway is committed to publishing and printing Bibles regardless of policy proposals in Washington, D.C. So it does not seem like this would have an impact on whether or not Lifeway would produce Bibles but it certainly has an effect on their work and on those who are purchasing Bibles. All right, now up to Oklahoma, Amy. We're, unfortunately, we have a report of a youth pastor who is being charged with rape and lewd molestation. Allegedly, the 34-year-old Justin White had inappropriate relationships with young females while he was both a teacher at Smithville Public Schools as well as a youth pastor at Spiro Baptist Church in LaFleur County. So... Amy, I'm not going to get into the details of this, uh, but they are at the story, courtesy of one of the news outlets up there, TV4 in Oklahoma City. And it's important that this has come to the surface as we just continue to say, the more that we take this issue seriously, then it's likely that we're going to hear of more reports. And uh, and I saw actually a discussion about this, about even how the news media discusses this, like the line that he had inappropriate relationships with young females, just how we think about that. We do have to really recognize that when a teacher in a school pursues a relationship with a student who is underage, that goes beyond the bounds of an inappropriate relationship. That's a crime. And the same when a youth pastor at a church pursues a relationship with a student in the youth ministry and has that type of contact with them, that's not just an inappropriate relationship. It's a crime. Yeah. And what we are seeing now is that uh, the steps were taken after someone came forward and now uh, we now he's been arrested and we'll see what what happens next. But we may continue to see some of these things. But if we do, that means that uh, reporting is beginning to happen more often. And this topic has been one that we have dealt with several times over the course of the year at 
SBC this week. And, and honestly, we've been dealing with these stories, unfortunately, since we started the podcast uh, four or five years ago. But the Caring Well Conference, remember that that was changed. The ERLC National Conference was changed uh, to emphasize this and how churches can uh, better equip one another to confront the abuse crisis. Uh, the Caring Well Conference is coming up, and they just passed 1,300 registrants. So that's going to be October 3rd through 5th at the Gaylord Texan over there in Grapevine, Texas. I I'm, I'm think I'm going to be able to make it to that. I'm still working on plans on that. So uh, I know you're going to be there, and you're going to be on stage. I, I am going to be speaking at it, and, uh, I, and I think it's going to be a great uh, really ongoing conversation for three days. They continue to add speakers to the list. Uh, and I, and I hope it will spark even more focus and action in this area. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we, we've seen that increase throughout churches in the Southern Baptist Convention. And I think this is going to prepare them even more uh, to fight this and to prevent this and to care for those who have been abused. Over to IMB, Amy, they've got a new vice president for communications and marketing. Yes. So the trustees voted to elect Mark McDonald as the vice president of marketing and communication. Uh, He has been serving as the strategic communication catalyst for the Florida Baptist Convention and executive director of the Center for Church Communication. So uh, so a lot of a lot of background in the area. And uh, we'll be part of that senior leadership team. So this this is the kind of thing that we should see very quickly, the impact, because whenever there's a new uh, communications director, you start to see it across the board in what uh, in the stories that are coming and and the way things are messaged. So uh, we look forward to seeing Mark McDonald's work. Yeah, and he'll be there just in time to kind of lead that Lottie Moon Christmas offering communication and marketing effort uh, this fall. So he should be, it says uh, in the story that he's relocating in September up to the Richmond area. So uh, he'll be on in time for the new budget year that starts in October, as well as the new push for uh, the 2020 Lottie Moon Christmas offering or 2019, 2020. We don't really have like years anymore because the way it's set up, Amy, but right. Yeah. This, this year's Lottie Moon. There you go. How about that? There you go. There that, we go. That works. That's right. All right. So something that I know we all look forward to every year. And then finally, our, our last news story this week, some just some updates from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, where they have allocated $100,000 to complete some renovations and really kind of boost level college down there at the seminary. Yeah. So this was a big, a big decision. The executive committee of their trustees unanimously approved a preliminary design for space uh, and a budget to complete renovations to sort of expand the space of Level College and their enrollment office, and really in a desire to increase enrollment and the number of credit hours taken at Level College. So making it bigger space-wise, giving a little bit more focus will allow them to focus on those priorities. Yeah, and Dr. Dew, whenever he came, he listed four top priorities of his presidency, and one of those was Level College, the undergraduate arm of New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, as one of those priorities. And he, he wanted to kind of raise that level and bring it kind of current to what uh, you might find at Boyce College, Spurgeon College, College of Southeastern, Scarborough College, the others in the SBC. Uh, so he has done that. I know it had a kind of a different vision in the past, and now he's kind of, you know, they're updating that vision and bringing that forward to 
uh, to match where the seminary is headed now. So uh, exciting times down there in New Orleans and uh, really wish him and the rest of the gang down there all the best as uh, you know they get underway their first semester under his leadership down there at New Orleans. Yes, very good. All right, that's going to do it for the news this week. Again, kind of a light news week this week, but that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, so we're going to go somewhat recent, but also a time that's, uh, honestly, it's making me feel a little old to realize that something that's really historic is is something I remember. Uh, Not that I was there, but I just remember the year. So it was 10 years ago this week that the Great Commission Task Force held its first meeting. Oh. Yes. Yes, I remember this too. Okay. Yes. Modern history. That's right. Modern history. That that makes me feel better. I sat yeah. here and thought, I'm about to share a history moment that I can say, oh, I remember when that was happening. And so... There were other um, things happening that week, too, I remember. But let's yeah. go with this. Yeah, it was a big one. Um, so August 11th and 12th, they met in Atlanta. They had a press conference right after that just to share what they had... Just, just to share about it. Um, Dr. Ronnie Floyd, who was the chairman of that... Great Commission Resurgence Task Force said that they began with an extended period of prayer and then immediately got to work. They talked to each other. They talked seriously and honestly, but within a context of Christian kindness and friendship. And so um, they really understood what was ahead of them. And they focused in on the one thing that their passion for all of them was the Great Commission. So that was a very diverse committee. Who all was on that committee, Amy? Is it listed in the story? Johnny Hunt was an ex officio member. Yeah. Because he was, he was the president. SBC of the president. Right, right. Ronnie Floyd was the chairman. Then the others were uh, Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern, Tom Biles, who was the executive director of the Tampa Bay Baptist Association. John Cope, senior pastor of Keystone Community Fellowship in Pennsylvania. David Dockery, who was president of Union University at the time. John Drummond, who looks like maybe was a layman from Panama City. Donna Gaines, we know her. Al Gilbert, who at the time was the senior pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Winston-Salem. And uh, then I think went on to work for NAM. Larry Grace, who uh, was a church planter in Atlanta at the time. J.D. Greer. Ruben Hernandez. Yes, we do. Uh, who was an evangelist in Texas. Harry Lewis, who was at NAM, uh, Vice President of Partnership, Missions, and Mobilization. Kathy Litton, who oh. I just saw this week. She was at Southeastern. She and Ed Litton were speaking at our faculty workshop. Um, Albert Moeller, President him. of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Good friend Mike, of the pod. Listens every week. Yes. Um, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I would love it if he did. Mike Orr, Pastor at First Baptist Chipley. Jim Richards, Executive Director of Southern Baptists of Texas Convention. Roger Spradlin from okay. Valley Baptist Church in Bakersfield. Ted Trailer, Olive mm-hmm. Baptist Church in Pensacola. Simon Soy, uh, the Executive Director of the Chinese Baptist Fellowship of the U.S. and Canada. Uh, Robert White, who at the time was the Executive Director of the Georgia Baptist Convention. And Ken Witten, Senior Pastor of Idlewild Baptist Church. That was the Great Commission Resurgence Task Force. And they all, and so then they had come together. And I believe in that first meeting, only two people, uh, Ted Trailer and David Dockery, were not available to attend the meeting. So it sounds like they had a good group 
really uh, starting off. They did not talk about what they had addressed, the, the topics. It was closed to the public, except to say they had invited Tom Rainer to come to talk about sort of the statistical analysis. Yes, yes, you do. Um, and I do as well. They had invited him to come and talk about where we were at the time uh, statistically. So he came and presented that analysis. So it very interesting. So we'll, I'll put a link in the show notes of uh, the Baptist Press article that had been posted about that meeting. But, you know, kind of cool. A lot of things have happened uh, since then as a result of the work of that task force. You can find their report with recommendations in, in several different places that was voted on the following year in Orlando. But, uh, but it's, it was interesting to see that pop up that really a lot of that work was all beginning this week in SBC history. Very cool. And that, that kind of shaped the last decade of Southern Baptist life. So that was quite a pivotal meeting. It really was. Really, Uh, really was. And we're headed back to Orlando this summer, Amy. Yes, we are. The annual meeting. And that's where we passed the recommendations from the Great Commission Resurgence Task Force. That's correct. That's correct. So, so we'll are you? I, we're we're beginning to plan uh, our site visit to Orlando to start thinking about uh, well, the SBC. I'm year, site so. visiting next week. That's pretty so, cool. Remember, I'm I'm going down with the executive committee. We talked about that a little bit last week. Yes. Going down there for the the pastors rally, pastors lunch that's going on yeah. on Wednesday. So I'll be down there, flying on Tuesday night. Be down there all day Wednesday. Fly back Wednesday night. So just a quick down and back. And be able to to go down and and be part of that. So really thankful for them. Let me tag along on this trip, and looking forward to seeing uh, a lot of pastors. I I heard something around three hundred pastors registered for this lunch down in uh, Orlando. That's so great. Well, you'll have to bring route. us. You'll have to bring us uh, your your thoughts and reflection on that. Yes. Well, last time we had the annual meeting down there, we had around twelve thousand people. So I that's I what think I'm looking interest- for. I think interest is higher now. I mean, there, interest was high because of the GCR task force report and all that last time. Right. But there's a new wave of Southern Baptists who are coming to the annual meetings and are interested in things. So I'm encouraged, and I think that uh, we're going to see about 12,000 there this year. That's so. that's really my hope. I, I think that would be great. And Orlando is an easier city to get to than some that we have, uh, just even in the sense that the airport has a lot. There are a lot more flights that go there. So, um, so I'm very, very hopeful that we'll see a good crowd. Absolutely. So, all right, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? My resource is something from uh, Southeastern that we published a few years back in 2016. Uh, So we had a big loss here on campus this week. One, One of our favorite people on campus, Eugene Smith, passed away on August 11th. He was 92 years old. He was a facilities employee for over 30 years. Um, and just a, just a man that was loved around campus. He was humble. He worked really hard. He retired just before his 67th birthday in 1993. But then he kept working part time coming around. What he would do is he would clean out all the recycle bins around campus. So he lived here in town in, in Wake Forest. 
but in post-retirement just continued to come in. He would clean out the recycle bins and he would run the chairlift at Binkley Chapel whenever that was needed. He was just a sweet, kind, wonderful man who made a huge impact on students and faculty. So we're sad about that, uh, even though we know he is with the Lord. But a few years ago, Benjamin Quinn and Walter Strickland wrote uh, a book called Every Waking Hour that's about uh, calling and vocation, and they dedicated it to Mr. Eugene, and they did a, a an interview with him and Dr. Aiken for a class they were doing on faith and work. It's about an eight and a half minute interview. It's it's really, really neat and just a great lesson about what it means to uh, just to be dedicated to what's in front of you. So I wanted to share that. I think that's a really, a really great resource of a humble man that is somebody most people have never heard of, but his faith uh, was on display for a lot of people here. All right. Well, my resource of the week is a book by some good friends of the pod who I think actually listen to the pod. Um, that is Matt Hensley and Kyle Beerman. They have a new book out this week called Replanting Rural Churches. And I'm only going to say that Saw title that. once because I can't say the word rural very well. I so can tell. It's it's one of those words that I really struggle with, rural. It just all just... Okay, stop. Don't do it anymore. Okay. It's hurt. It's hurting everyone's ears. Okay. Thank you. All right. Good. So anyway, they got a new book out. So I highly recommend it. These guys, they're just really good friends out there in New Mexico, pastoring smallish churches, not smallish. They're, they're normal size SBC churches, 100, 150. I mean, those are the, the kind of churches that the SBC is kind of built on. And, uh, they're out there just plowing away in New Mexico. And, uh, they've written a book on, uh, replanting out there and just from their experiences and their pastoral life that they've had out there. And, and, and it's just a reminder that as they say, you know, in the, uh, in the, the subtitle even that God has a plan and a call for the middle of nowhere. So it's it not just the cities all the time. Uh, I know we talk a lot about sin cities and sin church planning and everything, but you know, there are people that live out in the country as well. Amy, I, I, you grew up as one of those people. So I did. Um, I, I grew up I in did. the city. I know you grew up on a on a farm. So it you know it's just a different life. But but God loves them just the same. And there are pastors and churches out there to reach those um, who live in rural areas. So uh, just check out this book. Uh, it's a I think especially pertinent to a majority of our Southern Baptist pastors and maybe you know the churches that we have in our convention. So. I highly recommend the new book from Matt Hensley and Kyle Bierman. Excellent. Very cool. That's going to do it for the podcast this week, Amy. Thanks again to everyone for making the time to listen. We really appreciate it. And if you're going to be in Orlando next week at the Pastor's Luncheon, please say hey. If you're going to be on campus at Southeastern anytime this semester, be sure to stop in and, and say hey to Amy as well. So we'll uh, see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.